Well, how many people do you know that just want to be happy? That seems to be what everyone is looking for. Happy in the Lord, happy in their home, just happy in life. Well, the wisest man who ever lived gives, gives us the secret to this. Now, he says there is only a few things in life that can make you happy. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The only things in life that can make you happy, according to the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon. Now, before we get into this, I want you to just understand the context of King Solomon. Richest king Israel ever had, wisest king Israel ever had, most quoted king Israel ever had. He did so many peace treaties with surrounding nations that he had over 700 wives. I mean, think about that. And 300 concubines. So this man had a thousand wives. Um, he had kings that would bring in caravans of gifts and present to him. So if, you could, if you've ever seen TV before where they blow the trumpets and these elephants come marching in to a kingdom or these horses and carriages and they're loaded down with with uh, cloth and and fruit and all kinds of gold and gifts. That was Solomon's life. So kings would come from far away to see the splendor of his kingdom. But not only that, they came to pay homage and to learn from his wisdom. The Queen of Sheba that came up from Ethiopia said, um, I've never heard of wisdom like this. And when I got here, the half had not been told to me. When she saw King uh, Solomon's palaces, rooms overlaid with gold, I'm, I was told, history tells us, that he had trained peacocks that walked around serving people like little tables with legs. These peacocks would have drinks on their backs and they were trained to walk around and people would take their drinks from the peacocks. Uh, there were rooms with gold chains where nothing but flowers hang from, hang, would hang from those chains. So imagine being in a room filled with gold chains one after another and fragrant flowers hanging from those chains. So those are just a few things that we know about. Splendor unmatched. Success unmatched. He is the one who built the temple that his father David paid for, but he built it, of which became a symbol of God's presence in Israel for years. So King Solomon has many palaces, lots of wives, peace all around, very few wars. He is loved by the people. He is extremely wealthy. He is a man that the world desires for. And yet he says, none of that made me happy. <laughs> Think about it. This is what he says about it. He said it was like chasing after the wind. How many palaces do you need? Just one more. How many wives do you need? Just one more. How many more parties and banquets do you need? Just one more. And after that one, just one more. So it's like something you can never achieve. You know, after a while, it's like buying a new car and you love this new car and it smells new and you show it to everyone. And then after a while, it's just your car. You don't think about it that same way anymore. I think Solomon 
was so filled with success that he was looking for something meaningful and significant. So this is the man who writes these words of wisdom to us that there's only a few things in life that can make you happy. Now, in Ecclesiastes, which is the book that he wrote in his old age, this is not like Proverbs, which, is, which are quotes from his court, but this is the book of Ecclesiastes. So the old man Solomon, at the end of his days, writes this long lament. And he, it almost sounds sad, but in this sad lament, he gives you the only things in life that can make you happy, which is what we're going to talk about. And he begins in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes. Listen to verse 2. In my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Now, this is the living Bible translation of this verse. In my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile. For what does a man get for all of his hard work? Generations come and go, but it makes no difference. So if you read from another version of the Bible, I love the New King James Version. It says, you know, what does a man get for all of his labors? And all of this work is like chasing the wind, hard work day in, day night. And at the end, it's all given away to somebody else. So it begins with this type of lament. So he says people search for houses. You know, sometimes we think if we just had a bigger house, maybe a swimming pool, maybe a, a nicer car, maybe a little bit more money in the budget that would make us happy. But I know lots of people that have plenty of that and they have still yet to find happiness. And I know people who have none of that, but yet they found happiness. So maybe there's more to being happy than just things. Maybe there's more to being happy than just more. So let's look at Solomon's wisdom of the things that he says could be happy. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is that before he gives you these five secrets of being happy, he also tells you that none of this works if you don't keep your life in balance. So let's read a very famous quote from the book of Ecclesiastes and verse three, verses one through eight. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. Now, I could go through each of these and explain them, but for the sake of time, we won't get to. There's a time to kill. He's talking about war. There's a time to heal. There's a time to break down, a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. He's talking about tearing things down and building things. So there's a time to tear down an old building. There's a time to build up, a build a new building. That's what he means by that. There's a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain and there's a time to lose. There's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow. There's a time to, to uh, so tear is when you, pull weeds out of the garden and a time to sow the garden. Uh, there's also talking about tearing a cloth and sowing a cloth. You could apply that. There's a time to um, keep silent. There's a time to speak. There's a time to love and there's a time to hate. There's a time of war and there is a time of peace. So the first thing he says is that if you want to be happy, you have to keep your life in balance. So are you ready to hear these five 
things he says that can make you happy. Here's the first one. It's found in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10. Here's how he writes it. I have seen the God-given task which the sons of men are occupied, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. And then let me, let me just read this to you from, from my Bible here, because I want you to get the whole impact of this. Okay, this, is, this starts in verse 10. I have seen the God-given tasks which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Here's verse 12. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and do good all of their lives, and that every man should eat drink and enjoy the good of his labor all, all of his life because this is the gift of God. So he gives you several right here to, together. A man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. Okay, so here's the first thing. Enjoy your work. Do you know that if you are miserable in your work, you'll have a miserable life? Why would anybody want to work a job where they were miserable all the time? Because that's going to make you come home miserable. It's going to give you miserable relationships. You're going to be cranky on the phone talking to your friends and your loved ones. I mean, you're not going to be fun to be around if you hate your job. So the first thing Solomon says, if you're going to have a good life and you're going to be happy, find something to do that you love to do. I have to tell you, I love what I do. And that's part of what fulfills me in life. That's part of what makes me happy in life. So he says, enjoy your work. Um, I will leave this couple nameless, but I remember preaching from this passage many, many years ago when I pastored in St. Louis. There was a couple that was good friends of ours that came to me afterwards and said, you know, we heard what you said this morning. We believe it's true. I hate my job and my wife hates her job. We decided that we're going to quit our jobs and just do something we love. Now, he had a high pressure sales job, and I can't even remember what job she was in previous to that, but they did. She loved piano. She loved teaching students. And she decided to make less money as a piano teacher working at a music store selling pianos, which she loved. And he decided to, instead of having a high pressure sales job, he was going to drive a truck and work for the educational system. And so they did. And they spent the rest of their careers until they retired doing something they enjoyed and got out of that high pressure. You know, they told me this once. They did make a little less money, but they still lived in their house. They still had their cars. They still did all the things they wanted to do in life. But they were not chasing the wind anymore. They were enjoying their life. So enjoy your work. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word.
The next thing he says there in that same verse in verse in verse 13, enjoy your food. Nothing is better for them to rejoice and to do good all of their lives and that every man should eat and drink. All right. And enjoy the good of his labor. It is the gift of God. So you know what? Have you ever stopped to think that most of your greatest memories or at least many of your greatest memories are around a table? I know for my family, we can't wait for Christmas morning. It's not just about gifts and being together, but it's the it's sitting around eating and talking. And we like to our family loves to get in the kitchen together. Everybody's chopping and and making things. The kids are running around screaming in the in the floors playing running through there, get under your feet. The moms are saying, get out of here. We're cooking. And all of us, we've got Christmas music trying to play in the background and we're talking over top of each other. It's chaotic, but we love our chaos. I'm telling you, those are some of my favorite times. There isn't a time that my kids and grandkids don't sit around my table that I don't say to them, These are my favorite moments in life. They've heard me say that over and over and over. It's always around food. It's always around tables. You know, we we can't live our whole life on a diet. We obviously need to be happy. But food is one of those things that God gave us to enjoy, not just to fuel us. That's why it tastes good. You know, God could have made us without taste buds, but he didn't. He wants you to enjoy your food But more importantly, enjoy what's happening around that food. Don't eat alone. Eat with friends. You'll hear great stories here at ISO. I love to, I love it when we all eat together. That's, that's where they learn more about me and I learn more about them. And oftentimes they ag me on to tell some of the funny stories that's happened in my many years of ministry and uh, travels around the world. And they'll do the same. But that's when we grow. That's when we learn and we grow in friendship. So he said to enjoy your food and that'll make you happy. The next thing he said is that you need to enjoy your family and your friends. Now listen to how he says this. He cites enjoying your wife and your life with your wife. So he starts in Ecclesiastes 9, verse 9, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all of, the vain, all of your vain life. He's still talking about life that it's vain. He says, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all of the days of your vain life, which are given to you under the sun and all your days of vanity, for this is your portion of life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. So again, he talks about enjoying your work again. And then he says in, in verse uh, eight of chapter four, He said, there is one who's alone without a companion and they neither have son nor brother. And yet there's no end to his labors, nor is his eyes ever satisfied with riches. But he never asks, to whom do I toil and deprive myself of good? So he said, here's somebody that's made their work their friend. They don't have companions. They don't have children. They don't even have friends. In this particular case, doesn't even have a brother. So what they do is they just work all the time thinking that work will make them happy. Well, you know, you, you need to enjoy your work, but work is no substitute for friends and family. So in this case, he says you need to enjoy life. You know, Solomon had all of these wives 
But the Bible only records him falling in love one time, and that was with the Shunammite woman. I don't have time to preach here in this setting Proverbs, excuse me, not Proverbs, but the Song of Solomon. Do you know what the Song of Solomon is about? It's about a king who disguised himself as a shepherd so that he would know what love felt like. That's also this beautiful portrait of God being our shepherd, Jesus coming to the earth, wooing us, God wooing us as his bride. But it's really the story, a love story of King Solomon disguising himself as a shepherd and going down and walking among the shepherds so he would find out what dating looked like and what falling in love looked like and what, how the people in his kingdom got married. So in this story, he falls in love with the Shunammite girl and all the other women are saying, oh, I want to marry King Solomon. And she says, oh, no, not me. I found this little shepherd boy that I love and I want to marry him. And she was content to do that because she felt like love was enough. And then she marries him. They go into her mother's humble house in her bed, consummate the marriage. They get married under an apple tree in the in Song of Solomon. And then after all this happens, he says, by the way, honey, there's something I need to tell you. I'm not really a shepherd. I'm really the king. And she had no idea that she had just married King Solomon because he disguised himself. What a beautiful portrait of how God loves us in our sins. So here in this passage, Ecclesiastes, he's telling you, fall in love. Take the chance. Take the risk. Not just if you don't have a companion, someone to marry, have friends. Love your friends. But live joyfully with the people around you. Now, I, I think this one goes with that one because the fourth thing he says is you need to laugh. How many of you know that does make you happy? But how many people do you know that just don't do it? They just don't go anywhere to laugh. They don't go anywhere for just fun. Now, Ecclesiastes 8 and 15 says this. So I commend enjoyment because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. All right, so he's telling you in this passage, Ecclesiastes 8 and 15, he's saying, okay, you're going to enjoy your food, you're going to enjoy your work, you're going to enjoy the people around you, but find people that make you laugh. I've had a lot of friends in my life that just make me laugh. Hopefully I'm other people's friends that make them laugh as well. I want to be the guy that can always tell a few stories that bring a smile or laughter in the room. But I've got a couple of friends that I just, every time I think about getting around them, I start smiling because I know they're going to make me laugh. And those are treasures. I have a few other people that I don't always look forward to being around because it's always going to be heavy and dramatic and problems, and they're always going to, their life is filled with more of that, and, and they're not that fun to hang out with. doesn't mean I don't love them, but I don't look forward. I can only take them in small doses, but my friends that make me laugh, my goodness, I'm ready for them to move in the house. I'd look forward every day to going home to that. So he says that, so let's, let's do a recap here. He says, if you're going to be happy, enjoy your work. Enjoy your food, 
enjoy your relationships around you and find people and opportunities to just laugh. Enjoy your laughter. Here's the last thing he tells us. We've already gone over four. Here's the fifth one. He says, enjoy your relationship with God. Listen to how he ends Ecclesiastes. Chapter 12, verse 13 says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. All right. I love how he says that. The conclusion of the whole matter. What is he talking about? The whole matter. All of life. Okay, all this world that's chasing the wind, vanity that doesn't make sense. How do we make sense out of all of it? He says, well, fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. Wow. Okay, let's do a recap. Enjoy your work. Enjoy your food and your drink. Enjoy your relationships around you. Enjoy laughter and enjoyment and enjoy God. Here's the man that built all of these buildings and said the buildings never made him happy. You know, I, I have to tell you, I've been privileged to write a lot of books. I've written over 50 books, if you include all my manuals that I've written. Books are really thrilling when you're writing them and even more thrilling the day you get your first copy and you see it come into fruition. But you know, after a while, you put those on a shelf and they just don't make you happy. Now they, you, you hope that you've given people a little um, good wisdom and imparted something from your life, but those kind of successes can't make you happy. You know, I've, I've built hospitals on the mission field. I have built over 50 homes for ministers uh, in mostly in foreign countries. I've built buildings and churches. I've built several churches and uh, especially in Central America with with missions teams. Uh, the Lord allowed us to take a small church of 50 people and grow it to thousands of people in St. Louis, all of those things. And all of that was beautiful. All that was wonderful. And all of that was my work, which made me happy. But at the end of the day, you have to stop and look at your life for where it is now and say, what are the things that keep loving me back? Buildings don't love you back. Successes don't love you back. How many people walked off from putting in 40, 50 years at a company with a gold watch? And it was over. I remember the day I walked away from Twin Rivers, and I love Twin Rivers, still love Twin Rivers. I walked away and I handed in my keys and my credit card. <laughs> Guess what? Five minutes later, I couldn't even get back in the building. Five minutes later, I went there to do a funeral not long after that, and I couldn't get in the building. Because buildings don't love you back, but people do. So let me just give you one bit of wisdom that one of my mentors gave me, Dr. Vest, who's one of my spiritual fathers. He is, he is my spiritual father. He said to me, Brian, you'll come to a place in your life where you will choose significance over success. You will have enough success in your life that you realize that it's a little overrated, that you climb this mountain for achievement and success, and then when you get there, you realize the what it costs you to get there and what it's going to cost you to stay there. 
And he said, you're going to realize that life in balance feels a lot better. Well, he was so right. And I'm honestly at a place in my life where I value significance. I want to make a difference. I value significance over success. And I hope you'll find that place too. So let me close with these one final recap. You want to be happy? Live your life in balance. Enjoy your work. Enjoy your food. Enjoy your family and your friends. Have fun and laugh. Take that vacation you've always talked about. Have fun and have a great relationship with God. And it will change your life forever. And you'll look back without regret, knowing that you've lived a good, full life. Live loud, live hard, love hard, and enjoy your life. God bless you. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.